Hello, Degrassi fans, and welcome to the Degrassi Kid podcast, where each week we break down the history and impact of our favorite teen TV show. I'm Jocelyn, and this week we're taking it back to the halls of Degrassi Junior High. Do you remember Rick Monroe? He's the misunderstood bad boy who smokes cigarettes but also helps protest a factory that's polluting the city. He fights with the stuck-up Kathleen Mead but sets their differences aside when she starts dealing with her mom's alcohol addiction. And of course, he doesn't care all that much about his bad boy reputation until he starts developing a crush on the good girl Caitlin Ryan. Rick was a leading character in season one and two of Degrassi Junior High until he disappeared without a trace and was never mentioned again. The Degrassi fans call this getting black holed, where your character essentially vanishes from the show. You don't get a final episode, there's no real explanation, and even more so, we don't know why it happened in real life. Did the writers forget about you, or did you quit the show? So today, I thought I'd get to the bottom of it. Whatever happened to Rick Monroe? Why did he disappear? What would have happened if he stayed at Degrassi? And what were the plans for Rick and Caitlin's romance headed into the third season of Degrassi Junior High? Today, we're sitting down with Craig Driscoll, the real-life actor who played Rick, who's now living as a tattoo artist in California. Why did he leave the show, and what is he up to today? But first, let's listen in to the Environmental Action Committee as they discuss Rick and whether or not he should be allowed into Grassy's club. No, wait. There's something more important. We have to discuss whether Rick should be on this committee anymore. What? What? I saw him smoking a cigarette. Isn't it kind of hypocritical to be a smoker and on the Environmental Action Committee? So what? I wasn't hurting anyone. It's a principle. We can't have a polluter on an anti-pollution committee. Rick has to go. What a bunch of jerks. Call yourself Action Committee? What action? All you ever do is talk. Who needs this garbage? Before we even talk about Degrassi, first, I want to brag to our listeners for a sec that I actually got to meet you in 2018. Yeah, I went down. I was in visiting Los Angeles, had no intention to get a tattoo, had no intention to do anything Degrassi. And then I learned that you were a tattoo artist down in San Diego, messaged you and you were the nicest person ever. You were like, yeah, come on down. I got to hang out at your studio all day. You showed me different uh, tattoo books that you were in. You showed me all of your art. And it was just the best time ever. And I can't say thank you enough for that. It was awesome. I don't I don't remember any of that. <laughs> it's my nightmare. Of course I remember it. You still like the tattoo? I love the tattoo. Well, that's all that matters, yeah, right? I'm obsessed with that. I show it off all the time. Good, good. Because that story would suck if you were like, yeah, yeah, you know, it was such a great experience. But I got the tattoo laser removed because it was fucking shit. <laughs> you imagine it's gone? Yeah, good luck. <laughs> no, I am very, very proud of it. Very proud. I show it off front and center all the time. I very much brag about you a lot. That's really cool. Yeah, when I went to go visit you, you gave me uh, the sweater from that episode that you give to Kathleen. And yeah. the cast in the 1980s also used to make real um, yearbooks. And you were showing me this yearbook that uh, it had your guys' school photos, your nicknames, your phone numbers, so you could keep in touch. And uh, you were kind enough to just give that to me. And now it's a part of my collection. That's really cool. Very cool. Whenever I went to visit, you told me a lot of really fun stories about what it was like to work on Degrassi. One of the first stories is how you got on Degrassi. You would uh, let me know you went to Earl Grey Public School. Kit Hood had come to the school. He was a co-creator of Degrassi and he was scouting kids. Do you remember anything about that story? Well, I was a pretty bad student in school. I was in like behavior programs because I was like a, a bully kid, you know, which is kind of funny because I'm really little. I'm, I'm only five foot two. Yeah. And in, I'm sure that in grade six, I was even shorter. But I was a mean 
spirited little asshole. <laughs> and uh, I got to go into a special ed program for kids that have learning disabilities or kids mm-hmm. that are have uh, behavior problems. So those were all like outside of the school. They had like uh, portables and the kids would learn in the portables, which kind of sucked. I mean, Toronto's mm-hmm. cold. So if you behaved well, you would get to be incorporated into the regular schooling. And there were certain things that I, I wanted to do that went on in the regular school, like uh, science. You know, the science room was really cool. I was always into animals and things like that. So so I had to behave well to do that. Yeah. So I got to go to regular classes. And then uh, during one of the classes, they interrupted the class and they were like, hey, this is so-and-so, you know, and he's here for something. And I wasn't paying attention, you know, and he started rambling on about things. And I'm like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's so unfair that this guy can come and talk about stuff and he's like an adult and you stop the class. But when I want to talk about things, it's never okay. And I always get in trouble, you know, and they're like office. (laughs) Right. So I had to go to the office and then, and then Kit was like, Hey man, I I would really like to talk to you about being on a TV show. And I had done commercials, break dancing, and I had done stuff on BMX bikes and all sorts of things. And like I said, I was a little shit. So, um, I was like, I'm already an actor. You know what I mean? And uh, there was another kid in the school, Tyson Talbot. He was on the Kids of Degrassi. Oh, my gosh. So we had already known about it a little bit, right? And I was like, whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, you get paid? And he's like, yeah, for sure. And I was like, all right, I'll do it. So that's how I got into Degrassi. Wow. Yeah, Tyson went on to play Jason in Degrassi Junior High as well. That is so cool. I didn't I didn't know that you went to school with him. Yeah, he went on for like a bit in Degrassi Junior High. Mm-hmm. And we're still friends. Like we were friends outside of that, you know, like yeah. he was kind of into breakdancing and that sort of stuff. So we had already been friends when when we ended up shooting. I think Kiss Me Stuff was the first one we shot. And we were just all kind of getting our bearings and like learning what everyone was like. And he was he was on that episode. Before we go on, Degrassi fans, I have a question for you. Besides Rick Monroe, who's your favorite character from Degrassi Junior High? If you said Joey Jeremiah or Spike, then I've got a treat for you. Andrea Hoagie is an artist from Vancouver who has a passion for niche and retro characters from the 80s. Isn't that so cool? Andrea has painted dozens of your favorite characters from The Golden Girls, Full House, and even more modern shows like Stranger Things in The Office. She says that as an 80s kid who grew up in Canada, she has a strong sense of nostalgia for the kids of Degrassi Street and Degrassi Junior High. So this month, Andrea will be helping me give out portraits of both Joey and Spike that she's hand cut into magnets for you guys. When I asked her why she chose those specific characters, she said, well, Joey was an obvious choice. She still gets the lyrics to Everybody Wants Something Stuck in Her Head. But with Spike's character, the decision was a little more personal. For Andrea, a core childhood memory was watching Spike's pregnancy on TV. She said Degrassi was always discussing relevant and uncomfortable issues in a relatable way. Spike was a real person who actually looked my age, and it made her storyline feel so much closer to what I was seeing around me in real life. While creating fan art is more of a hobby for Andrea, creating scratchboard art is much more her artistic style, which you can find at andreahoagie.com. Get your own Degrassi-inspired magnet, visit patreon.com slash DegrassiKid and sign up for our monthly mail-out tier, or check out Andrea's fan art page at thedollyshop.com, link in the description. Thanks, Andrea. And now let's get back to Degrassi's Rick Monroe. So, Craig, I have a lot of things that I love about Degrassi, but what's something you noticed about the show that, you know, was pretty cool to you? A lot of the kids came from different social backgrounds, you know, and had different upbringings. And some of the kids had really good families and some not so much, you know, and it was an interesting mix. 
yeah, I think that's what really added to the show was you actually had real kids from real diverse backgrounds. Yeah, it's kind of funny because you you had some kids that were like played a certain character who were not like that at all. Yeah. And then you had kids like me, like Rick was kind of a messed up kid and it was really easy. I just was myself, basically. I think I remember you telling me, did you do the drawings on Rick's jacket? Yeah, yeah. That is cool. I did a lot of like they were always trying to get me to do stuff like that. Oh, my God. You know? And I was trying to sleep because I was hungover. <laughs> they also did, they also tried to promote schoolwork, right? Like they want you to do schoolwork and get your education. And they had like a tutor on staff and everything. And I was just like, I'm going to be an actor. Like, what do I need to do? You know, yeah. like I'll hire, I'll hire a manager. They can read my contracts and stuff. And yeah, like I had an answer for everything when I was 15. And now when I'm 50, I don't have an answer for anything. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so interesting. So so you shared a lot of personality traits with Rick. And what about his interests? Like like Rick is known for his cool bike and his jean jacket with the hand-drawn designs. How much of that was Rick and how much of that was was Craig? Well, so I was I was an artist always, right? And I'm still an artist, and I was always into bikes. But the the style that they portrayed Rick was not like the style I was into at the time. And when you're 14 or 15, style's like so important, you know? Yeah. And I think they had bigger plans for Rick, but I was such a problem kid (laughs) that they had to like pull it back. You know, they wanted Rick to be more involved in things and have more roles. But I was like, you know, I would show up half asleep. I was tired. I was up the night before out with my friends. I was getting into trouble. And they were like, we really can't like... Kit and Linda sat down with me a few times and they're like, we really can't do more with this character because of your behavior, you know? And if you don't want to behave in a way that's going to allow you to succeed on this, we can't do it either. Mm -hmm. But at the time it was more important for me to like, you know, drink and go get into fights than it was to be a serious actor. Yeah. And now that I'm 50, I wish that I could have focused more on acting that makes sense so they cast you because you're so much like rick but then when it actually came to filming it it just it just didn't mesh well (laughs) well you didn't grow up to be an actor but you did grow up to be a tattoo artist in california which begs the question craig have you ever done degrassi tattoos Uh, i've done a couple like the street sign sometimes i've done some that were funny and cool right like i did a bag of licorice on a good friend of mine because it kind of related to me and they they thought it was hilarious and we did it for fun right but then it's it's like Degrassi was such a short period in my life. I just did a painting, a Degrassi painting for someone. I did like a, a heart with it's a, a banner that said Caitlin and a portrait of me and stuff. And it, it you you got a print of it, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, I absolutely love it. You got the Degrassi Junior High School in there, some scenes from the opening credits. I, I get why it would be difficult for you, but honestly, I, I truly love it. Right, right. So it was hard for me to do that. Like it was a stretch for sure. I can understand that. So, so actually, Sierra on Patreon left a question for you asking, what did you think about being Rick when you were a teenager on the show? And how does that compare to now? I was kind of embarrassed about being on the show because to me, the show seemed very washy. I don't know, like it wasn't like 21 Jump Street or something. And I really I, I wanted to be an actor. I think what happened was learning that actors don't get to be what they really want to be. It takes time and work and effort. You can't just go into acting and be like, be like, I want to, I want to be in mission impossible and then go and start acting and then being in mission impossible. You have to earn that through 
you know, hard, hard work and dedication. And so I didn't realize that. I thought I could just jump in and they'd be like, oh, yeah, you're the next Brad Pitt, you know? <laughs> I mean, that, that would be amazing. Now, I know you had this kind of a conflict with the adults in the show, but I remember you telling me about Kit Hood, who, who recently passed away two years ago. And I remember you saying the impact that he had on you as a young actor. Can you tell me a little bit about what it was like to work with him? I loved Kit Hood. Like, I loved I think that he was one of the best parts of Degrassi for me. Aww. There's so many things like Kit was English, right? So he had an accent and the way he would say uh, Sarah was, you know, Sarah. And we talked about his beard once and he was like, I have a beard because if I shave it off, I don't have a chin. It looks terrible. Aww. And I remember thinking that forever. Like it was pretty funny. And just the way he would do things. And I don't know, he was funny and creative and he showed, he sh I don't know how to say it. Like, he had belief in me Aww. and and when I was 14 and getting into trouble and arrested and stuff, no one showed faith in me at all, you know, so it was cool. Wow, that's incredible that he saw something in you right from the first time he met you and just thought like, hey, this kid could be something. Yeah, this kid's a brat. <laughs> we need a brat for a show to play Rick Monroe. We talked about it later, too, and he, he said that the first time he saw me, he wanted me to be Rick. Wow. Yeah. I love that. It, so it sounds like you guys had very similar sim uh, personalities. I mean, I would say that Rick would be the most likely to stand up in class like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think they wrote it for Neil and then they met me and I was such a dick. <laughs> they were like, this kid would be because like, Neil was a sweetheart, you know? Yeah. That actually makes a lot of sense because Rick's character on Degrassi Junior High is basically the same character that Neil played on the kids of Degrassi Street. He's this, you know, he's like been held back in school. He's labeled as the bad guy. And he has uh, this romance with Stacy's character, Lisa, like you did with her character, Caitlin. I mean, to be fair, though, when when we were on that show in that time, I don't think anyone didn't have a crush on Stacy. Yeah, honestly, I think she's one of the most crush worthy characters to come out of Degrassi. Absolutely. Absolutely. She's adorable, you know? Yeah. And what was your relationship like with uh, Stacey Mystician who played Caitlin? We had a pretty good relationship. I had the biggest crush on her. Mm -hmm. And Stacey is also a sweetheart. And uh, I was not. Mm -hmm. I think that that made our relationship pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I think it would have been so cool to see whatever happened to Caitlin and Rick, because clearly they would have ended up together. That was kind of the trajectory. That was the, that was the, that was the goal. Right. That was the goal yeah. was that they, they would end up having and I mean, I was I I I had the biggest crush on on Stacy, but I felt that she was too um too good of a person. Oh, and did you guys keep in touch at all after the show? We don't hang out, and I don't call her up every weekend or anything. But I mean, I message her. Mm -hmm. She oh, messages goodness. me. We we talk quite often. We'll send photos back and forth. You know, I I own I the only people I talk to still I think is uh I talk to Tyson, Stacy, and Pat. And did you ever go back to visit the set? Because I remember you telling me about a story where you went to visit Stacy and they weren't too happy about it. <laughs> yeah, I got really into motorcycles. And um, I went to visit her and uh, I, I, man, I can't remember what happened. I think I, I pulled up, you know, and I tried to, you know, get get to see her. And I talked to some people and they were like, no, no, you can't, you know, like this is a closed set. You can't. And I was like, fuck you. I was on the show, man. Like. <laughs> I was Rick guy. Yeah, yeah. And then and, and she came out, you know, and I think I took her for a little ride around the block or something on my bike. And like everyone was freaked out. Like she's the star of the show. She's our she's our star. You can't hurt our star. Right. And uh, <laughs> yeah, she loved it. Wow. 
And I had like this crazy big GSXR 750, like crazy fast sport bike. And I was doing wheelies up and down the street on it and stuff. And oh my God, <laughs> insane. Like I should have died. Like I had no business riding that bike. I'm glad you've made it. Though it would have been cool to see a cameo on Degrassi High with Rick riding by on his motorcycle. That would have been cool. I think that by that point, um, my life had led me to a point where mm -hmm. uh, Linda and Kit would have no time for me in their life you know fair fair yeah. especially cruising up doing wheelies in front of Degrassi High I can right. I could understand right. that <laughs> yeah they had a strict code of ethics that I did not fall into as a teenager that makes sense well that kind of builds up to the infamous question <laughs> that was left the most is whatever happened to Rick why didn't you come back for season three of Degrassi Junior High for everything that we just talked about you know I had I had ideas of what the character should be mm-hmm and um, the production company had ideas of how you should behave as an actor. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't getting like, I, I got more roles on season one than I did on season two. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted I wanted to be more of a main character in the show. And they were like, look, man, we can't guarantee you anything. Mm -hmm. But there's a spot for you if you want. But we're not going to mm -hmm. negotiate with you about stuff. And I was like, all right, I'm not going to do it. And they're like, OK. Yeah. And that was that. Okay, and so that's how you thought of it as a teenager. You were, you know, excuse the pun, you were too cool for school, right? But what do you think about that decision now? Do you look back and regret it or do you stand by it? Like, like no, they should have given me more roles. If I knew then what I knew now, I would probably be in a way different position in my life. You know, I'd probably have better food in the fridge. Mm. I wanted to be a gangster. Like, I wanted to be a gangster. I wanted to sell drugs. I wanted to, like, do mm -hmm. wheelies on my bike. You know, I thought that that was what I wanted. For some reason, in my mind, I had glamorized that. Yeah. I don't know. How dumb is that? You know? Well, it's when you're a teenager, you want what you want, right? And it's, you, at least you went after what you want. But yeah, I'm sure a lot of adults reflect on their childhood and think, what was I thinking? I reflect on all of my life, like from yesterday back and think, what was I thinking? What was I doing? Why did I go on that Degrassi podcast? What was I doing? Tomorrow I'll be like, what was I thinking? Why did I say that stuff on the show? What's wrong with me? <laughs> well, we had a fan question come in from Shane Worrell and Rachel Miller on Patreon. They wanted to know, were you ever asked to come back for future episodes, whether of Degrassi High or of The Next Generation? Yeah. They were doing things like they did different things. I, I, I can't remember, you know, and they, I got letters and they're like, hey, would you like to come back? And we're shooting a thing and we'd love to have you. And I was always like, nope. <laughs> and if they asked you now, would you? If they filmed something here, like if if they were like, you know, we're getting Kevin Smith to do a Degrassi show in L.A. And it's going to be this big thing and we want you to be in it. I would for sure in a second mm. do it. That's so good to know, because, you know, as fans, we'd like to think that everything was 100 percent perfect, 100 percent of the time. Everyone loved being on the show. Right. But but it seems like now you've really changed the way you think about that and think about your time on Degrassi and maybe even regret having that mindset when you were younger. It has definitely changed. My perspective has changed a lot, for sure. And now I think of it as like a great time in my life. And I really I was too stubborn and stupid to know then, you know. So, so when you were a teenager, you know, you're Rick from Degrassi. How did it feel to get recognized at that time in your life? Was it, was it difficult for you? I mean, I got a lot of attention from girls. <laughs> that was the best part of Degrassi. I took, I took full advantage of it. You know, I'm, I was, <laughs> I milked it. And, and I think that a lot of the other people in the show didn't as much. Mm -hmm. Right. And I would wear my Degrassi jacket to school. Like they, they had this like kind of silky one that the cast got. 
And I would wear it to school just to be a dick, you know? Oh my God. Well, that's what you get when you hire real teenagers. <laughs> and so actually being on Degrassi was really good for you. But what was it like when it came to doing things like the acting workshops and stuff? Right, right. It's funny because a lot of people would say things like, oh, you know, that show depicted what real life was really like. And I'm like, not my life, <laughs> you know? And then we would talk about things, you know, and they'd be like, any ideas? Like they always wanted input. Yeah. That was a good thing, right? They, they, like they would have meetings and they would want input on storylines and what was going on. And they would say things like, oh, you know, Spike is going to be pregnant. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, oh, I've got like 10 friends that are pregnant. And they're like, what? And all of my, all of the other kids were like, no, we don't know anyone who's pregnant, you know? <laughs> and then they would be like, this is Degrassi, dude. Right, right. And they would be like, what about drugs? What, you know? And I was like, yeah, we should do Coke. And they were like, no, we're not. We're thinking about buying some fake pot. I'm like, who buys fake pot? And so my input was always here and everyone else's was like, you know, mainstream what they were going through. So yeah, you're up there and like Degrassi, the college years, they're like, Craig, you're in grade seven. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you do these workshops, you film the show and then, and then you leave, you end your time on Degrassi in real life. What do you do next? What was your next step? So when I, when I started, uh, when I quit the show, I, was I went to uh I went to George Brown, which is a college in Toronto, and I took graphic design. And then I got hired by a skateboard company to do graphic design. And it was the worst job in the world ever. Like it sucked. <laughs> I was in a cubicle, you know, I was drawing. It sucked. So I quit doing that. Yeah. And I worked at a lot of pet shops. There was a pet shop that I worked at. I really like it. Like I said, I really like the animals. Yeah. That pet store was really cool. Like uh Gord Downey used to come in all the time. And much, it was right by Much Music. And Stacy was dating one of the VJs. They came in one time together. And Stacy and I were just like, holy shit. And we started like, and he was like, hey, we got to go. <laughs> yeah. Got her out of there. <laughs> She's like, hey, this is my boyfriend from junior high. <laughs> so fun. So I can't go on without mentioning some of Rick's biggest moments on Degrassi. You know, he notoriously protests a factory. He helps Kathleen with her mom's alcohol addiction. And and he has this episode called The Cover Up, where he gets abused by his father. What was it like to get a leading role so early in the series? Were you nervous about it? Or were you like, yeah, yeah, this is this is what I should be doing? That's what I want. Yeah, yeah. That's I was like, this is who I want to be. So it was, we would have readings, right? We would go in and read. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm super illiterate. I, I'm like, I'm I'm dyslexic. I have a real hard time reading. Oh, no, I didn't know that. Yeah, terrible. So I didn't learn to read till I was like in my 20s. So we would we would sit and we would do these readings. And so like, I would, they would give me a script. I would take it home and I would I would go over it all. And I would like learn it with my friends or my mom. And I would just memorize it. And then I would go and I would have it all memorized. Like, so I couldn't, I couldn't just like read the script, you know what I mean? Which was weird. But so when the cover up came, I was pretty excited. I, I, you know, it was a, it was a hard role to play. You know, it's not like, it's not like, you know, what those, like, I didn't even have a dad. Right. So I didn't know what it was like to have a dad or a brother. Yeah, I, I can see why that would be difficult, especially at a young age with no kind of real life experience to, to bring to that part of the role. And, and do you have any memories from filming that episode that stand out? Yeah. And then like, and then we shot it all. And then like a couple weeks later, they were like, we need, we need more footage for things like we need. So they built like a set to look like Rick's bedroom. Cause when we, when we filmed the first part of it, 
where um Rick's dad hits him and stuff. It's all in like that one kind of room that's the that it's got the bed and the and the the dining table and the kitchen and stuff. So yeah, that was like that was the apartment. There wasn't a bedroom. Oh yeah, yeah. So then Rick had to go into his bedroom and cry. And so they were like, you know, do you think you'll be able to do this? I'm like, what? Cry? Yeah, I'll just think about you guys. Like it'll be no problem. Like I cry no problem. <laughs> so. So we did the we did the crying thing and they were like, wow, that's great. <laughs> oh my God, you got me so good with that. That's so funny. Oh my God. Wow. So then you did this really emotional scene. And that is to you, you're like, this is the part of acting that I want to do. I wanted to do, yeah. 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 Wow. And it's, you know, a lot of times too, they wanted me to contain things. Like I was way over the top, I think. Oh yeah. Right. So like, yeah, like, you know, they would be like, you need to go out and punch these lockers. Rick punched mm. lockers, right? And I would fucking wail on them. And they'd be like, oh, pull it back a bit. And I was like, well, if I was going to punch a locker, I would, you know. I'm going to rip the door hinge off this thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, well, Rick's a little more controlled than you are. Yeah. You know, that is so funny. Now, we had some fan questions come in over on Patreon. One of our fans wanted to know, do your kids watch Degrassi or do they know that you were on it? They, they don't like much of stuff about me. <laughs> That's fair when it comes to your parents. Like, who cares? Whatever, dad. Yeah, whatever, dad. And then, like, my my oldest daughter, Zoe. Mm -hmm. I want to say my kids are the best thing in my life. So my oldest daughter, Zoe, for a while, we used to watch CSI together. Okay. <laughs> and she was like, I want to be an actor. Like, she was like, I, I could be an actor on CSI. And I was like, well, I used to be an actor. And she, she goes, without missing anything. No, I mean, like, a real actor, dad. <laughs> Oh my God, that is hilarious. Uh, yeah. And has she, have you shown her, like, have you shown her Degrassi? Or she just she don't even want to watch it. She doesn't care. Doesn't want to watch it. Like, yeah. whatever. You know, they talk about modeling too. And I was like, yeah, you know, or no, they make fun of the way I look a lot. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I used to be a model, right? Like, I was a model. Like, yeah. I got paid for how cute I was. And they were like, no. Oh my God. <laughs> they just roast you. Like, whatever, dad. So yeah, yeah. I'm like, no, man, I was really cute when I was young. And they're like, there's yeah. no way. <laughs> the fan page Degrassi CSI also wanted to know, what was it like to grow up in the Toronto in the 1980s? To mm -hmm. be fair, in the 1980s, all I wanted to do was leave. <laughs> fair enough. So the thing I did yeah. like going out at night, like I used to go out at night to downtown Toronto. We'd break dance on the street. And there are like Toronto is a cool city. Mm hmm. Like it's got a lot going on. I've lived in a bunch of cities now and I've been all like, I've lived in, you know, Vancouver and Winnipeg and Edmonton and Montreal. Toronto is a really cool city and it's got great food and it's got like the zoo in mm -hmm. Toronto. It's one of the best zoos in the world. And again, I liked animals. So I used to go to that zoo a lot. It's really cool. And, um, you know, the CN tower and bands, man big bands would go there was like this little little place i think it was called lee's palace or something a little dive mm -hmm. right and i got to see like nirvana there i got to see oh, green shit. day i got to see like you know crazy bands like the beastie boys and stuff and i used to break dance right and where i where i kind of used to go and hang out all the time and break dance there was this place called the breakdance mm -hmm. theater and and hip-hop bands would mm -hmm. go there right and our crew like i was I was a really good break dancer. I'm not bragging, but I actually was a really good break dancer. So I got to do a bunch of stuff. Like I was a little kid and I could do amazing. So I got to like open for LL Cool J and like got to 
you know, danced on stage with Run DMC and stuff. So all of that was really, really, really cool. You know? Oh my God. I did not know that. That is so cool. Yeah. Cause in Canada, basically if there's a, an, a, if someone's doing an American tour and they come to Canada, they're probably going to Toronto. They're not coming to PEI. I can tell you that. So that is so <laughs> right, cool. Right, you got right. all those experiences. Right. It was. Yeah. What's really different now from when I was a mm-hmm. kid is the openness of culture. Right. Mm. So like we have my, my, my youngest daughter. So I, my son is the youngest. He's seven. And my youngest mm-hmm. daughter is a lesbian. Oh, right? cool. So I love she, that. Yeah, yeah. So she's like, I'm a lesbian. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And we've got, you know, by her bed, there's a big pride flag and stuff, right? And we go to the pride parade here in San Diego when, whenever she wants. And like, they're trying to figure out gender and, and how they want to portray themselves and stuff, right? Yeah. Which, I mean, we, I did that too as a, as a kid, mm-hmm. but it wasn't about gender. You know, it was like, what kind of, person do I want to portray myself as you know and you think yeah. about those but now it's a lot more open so there's very different things that I deal with as a parent than my my parents would have had to deal with you know yeah I came out of the closet in 2010 and even then it was like this big thing of like having to talk to people and having to like explore it whereas now it's just such a different world but it's actually Degrassi that helped me come out of the closet but now those episodes would even be so different there was an episode called rumor has it where uh mm-hmm. caitlin stacy was like having strange feelings right and it's it's weird to mm-hmm. think about that now like none of those feelings are strange you're you know even if even if you are say you're a 13 year old boy you know you're, you're going through mm-hmm. puberty your life's changing you may have feelings and and not understand where they're coming from yeah and it, you just need to explore that stuff right and it doesn't it doesn't mean you're gay. It doesn't mean you're straight. It just means you're going through some stuff to learn who you are. Yeah. yeah. And no one should be saying those feelings that you're having are bad. Exactly. Right. Then, you know, someone's like, oh, those feelings are bad. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm having bad feelings. And you're going to like try to bear like that's not OK. And then you start to hate yourself and then life doesn't feel right. good anymore. Yeah. Well, I'm glad yeah. that uh, your kids have you to look up to as a, as a parent, because even still, not a lot of parents feel that way about things. I don't know. I, I'm I'm I'm. I'm a totally cisgender white dude, mm-hmm. right? So for me to even like try to understand where that comes from is difficult, you know? Yeah. And I just have to be like, you know, whatever you guys feel mm-hmm. is okay. Yeah. Oh, that's so sweet. Oh my gosh. So Craig, we've reached the end of the episode and I would love to know if you'd be open to playing some Degrassi trivia with me. Test your knowledge and see what you remember about Rick Monroe. Absolutely, but I guarantee I won't get any of it right. I I have faith in you. I really, really do. I can't even remember the names of some of the episodes I was in. <laughs> the cover-up, bottled up, you're in He's Back. Bottled up when, um, uh, what's her name's mom was an alcoholic. Kathleen's mom. And that's when you gave her the, the card again. Yeah, yeah. On, on like, yeah. I think it's Carlos Street or something right by, there's a big park there. And we filmed that for like hours and hours and hours. It was freezing cold in the middle of the night. And all I had was a t-shirt because I gave her my jacket. Yeah, I got to keep it. It's, it's not cold. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But I was a trooper. I did it. You did great. And that was a great scene. Cause you're like, you're like, Hey, I got help when I needed it. You can get help too. And then she gets help. It's great. Yeah. See, it's, I knew that you would know this stuff. 
If you want to test your Degrassi knowledge alongside Craig Driscoll, you can head on over to patreon.com slash Degrassi kid and play some Degrassi trivia. And before we end our episode, I want to say a huge thank you to our brand new signups on Patreon, Jamie Gonzalez, Gina Bunch, and Julia Dawson, who all signed up to get mail-out packages from Degrassi kid. They'll be seeing their Joey Jeremiah and Spike magnets in the mail soon. And a re-welcome to Ashley Sedeo, whose name I got wrong in the last episode. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and Sunita Mator, who signed up for the full year. You can now get 15% off if you make an annual subscription to the Degrassi Kid Patreon. And before we say thank you to our longtime subscribers, let's check back in with Craig Driscoll and see where you can find him on social media. Now, if anyone listening to this podcast wanted to go look at your art, where could they go find it? Um, Instagram is probably the best place to go. It's Instagram. My, my It's at Craig Driscoll 52 and the I number five and the number two, not like spelled out. So Craig Driscoll 52. Please go. If you see this, buy some art. Help out a struggling artist with four kids. Yeah. And if there's any if there's any nice ladies out there who are looking for uh, some romance, <laughs> hit me up. In San Diego, go find Craig. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It may not be great and it may not be fun, but whatever. Do it anyway. You'll get a laugh out of it. You'll have a story. Yes, exactly. You're always fun to be around. I love that. Awesome. Well, everyone who's listening, you should go check out Craig on Instagram on Craig Driscoll 52 and uh, see what he's up to these days. You should come get tattooed again. I would love to, except I would want to get a Degrassi tattoo. I'll do it. Right on your face. <laughs> Degrassi. Degrassi, bitches. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think I could don't condone such acts. If anyone was going to do it, it would be me, though. <laughs> Thank you so much, Craig, for coming on the Degrassi Kid podcast. I still can't believe that I have a tattoo by someone who is on Degrassi. It's pretty freaking cool. Check out Craig's artwork at CraigDriscoll52 on Instagram to get your hands on some prints and support one of our favorite Degrassi actors. But for now, it's time to thank all of our supporters on Patreon who make all these things possible. Huge thank you to Becca's123, Brittany B, Brittany M, the Degrassi Generation's Facebook page, Max, Sarah J, Sawyer, Stevie, Alyssa, Georgia, Randy, Amber, Annie C, and Annie M, Chrissy, Dave, Degrassi CSI, Evie, Glenn, Hannah, the Hey Degrassi Make This Reboot Count Facebook page, Kat, Holly J Wonders, Kylia, Marie, Mark, Najama, Owen, Rachel, Rebecca from the Trail Mix podcast, Riley, Sam B, SB, Shane Worrell, Shelby, Sierra, Sunita, Susan, and Victoria. Wow, I can't believe all of you helped make my dreams come true. And some extra love to my real-life best friend, Stevie Jarawa, for being our highest donor on Patreon. You make me feel so loved, and I couldn't ask for a better friend, Stevie. Miss you. But for now, let's listen in as Rick and Kathleen talk about her mom's alcohol addiction and how she's finally going to get the help that she really needs. Bye, guys. Kathleen, wait. So what happened to your mom? I'm sure she has a very good reason for not being there. She'll definitely be there next time. Oh, really? We're very close. Even though she's an alcoholic? She is not. Who told you? It's not true. Look, it's good you take care of your mom. But you have to take care of you, too. Isn't there some place you can call for something like that? I mean, I had problems with my dad. I got help. Mm-hmm. 